Well, this morning I'd like for you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 9. And we've looked at this uh, many times, and actually not too long ago, I think we was looking at it. And, and uh, we had a question come up in Bible study on the last portion of the ninth chapter of Gospel of John. Uh, and I still have that question, <laughs> but uh, we've been studying on that. But what I want to look at this morning is uh, more in the first part of this chapter of John. And uh, uh, some things there that just had not seen at all. And there's so much in this, in this uh, nice chapter uh, of John, just so much there. But uh, there's something else that I completely looked over, and what a blessing it was to me, and I pray that it will be to you. We will... Uh, Try to look at, uh, take a look at three miracles this morning, something that they have in common, and uh, we'll see how far we get into those. But let's first start on this uh, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 9, and let me just read the first seven verses, and if you have time this week, read the whole chapter. Uh, we may summarize a little bit on this, but okay, verse 1, John 9, and Jesus passed by. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. <clears throat> as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. <clears throat> As I said, we won't take time to read the whole chapter. <clears throat> but I was so, so blessed just by seeing the miracle, you know, and, and what a miracle was. And Rhonda, uh, you, I know you had vision uh, problems on, on a physical plane. And we all started out with visual problems on a spiritual plane. And uh, it is the Lord that gives the hearing ear and the, and the seeing eye. So on this, we had this man, and we read this account. But then it goes on, and of course, there's so many teachings in here. But uh, it was on the Sabbath, which caused a lot of what we'd perceive as trouble for the Lord. Uh, this uh, uh, man, again, he, he was blind and... So then they come, the Pharisees came to question him, you know, uh, okay, who did this and so forth, because they, they were trying to get rid of this Jesus Christ. And anyone, in fact, you can read anyone that declared that, then they were to be kicked out of the synagogue, which was a kind of a big thing, actually. But anyway, so they asked him, and he told them, they asked his parents, they said, well, ask him, you know, they want to get kicked out. Then they come back and ask him again. And at one point in time, he even preached to them about scriptures and about Jesus Christ. They didn't like that at all. 
And, uh, and then we see it there at the last and the Lord, him uh, talking to the Lord again. So uh, a lot of blessings here uh, in this. And uh, so why, why do we have this? I've heard people say about the miracles and, and, and they said, well, all these miracles was to show that Jesus was Christ. And, and certainly that's true, that he was of God. But if that's all, and that's all that I used to see in it, if that's all that I saw, I mean, that's great, but poor we're missing so much more uh, in there. So he was, it says he's, he was uh, born blind, that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And there's layers in that, and we may not get those uh, layers uh, unpeeled, but there, there is layers in that as well. But that was a purpose, that... The works of God will be made manifest in him. So has these works been made manifest to you? That was the purpose of it. And beloved, there's so much here uh, that to be made manifest. And uh, anyway, so I, I, I love to ask questions. I enjoy more having those questions answered, but anyway, uh, I love to ask questions. So, question. Why did the Lord heal this way? We read the account. Why did he heal this way? He didn't have to. You remember the centurion that came to him, said, hey, my servant's sick with the palsy and everything. The Lord didn't even have to go to him, and he healed him. And there's more layers of teaching in that as well, uh, too. So the Lord did not have to heal him this way. He didn't even have to be there to heal him. But he did heal him this way. Why? Well, I think it goes back to the same reason, that the works of God might be made manifest in him. So it's for our learning and our admonition that he healed this way. Again, he didn't have to heal this way. I mean... I guess it's endless, you know, how he could have done it. He could have said, you know, take up thy bed and walk. Of course, there he was blind. But he didn't have to go through this. But why, why did he? I ask that question. Is it just to take up pages? I told you about the book one time I read. And it was a, he was a young author, and, and uh, I was reading this book, and I could tell, oh, all this words... And I don't know how many pages the book was. I never quite finished it, actually. I'd read it and, and uh, just all these words. And he may have a chapter that could have been done with a paragraph, you know. But it, he, it made a bigger book. So is that here just this story uh, where he healed the blind man is it just to make more interest or, or a little bigger book or something? No. It's that the works of God might be made manifest in him. And through your learning abonation, through you. So, why this way? Why, why with mud? Anybody ever, you ever think of that? And I'm sorry, I have. But why mud? And I think, you ever get a piece of dust in your eye, or an eyelash? When he Anoint his eyes, did he hold his eye open, stick the mud back on his eyeball? Or just he closed? We don't know that, but I had these crazy thoughts. That had to be 
rather irritating at the least. Why did he? Why? Was it scratchy? Did that damage his eyeball? Plural, two of them. Did it? I mean, you, you'd think, well, <laughs> one might think that it would, but did it damage his eyeballs, putting that mud back in his eyes? Or did the mud put in there scratch something off of his eyes? And, and that's how he could see. Was there certain minerals and stuff in this mud that led to his receiving his sight? Why? Why mud? Well, let me say this. There's nothing good about this ground. It says uh, he, he spat on the ground. Well, there's nothing good about this ground, and... and uh, David, I think I gave you a little, uh, some of my thoughts uh, a week or two ago. Uh, but when I first saw this ground, I was thinking, because we've been studying about the devil's food and dust of the earth and all that. And I'm not saying that's not wrong. I'm not saying it doesn't fit with this. It's, I'll call it cousins, maybe, if we can understand that. So, yeah, we had the, the, the earth w was cursed. Uh, we had the, we talked about Satan, you know, eating the dust and so forth. And uh, a man was cursed. We're made of the, the, uh, the ground and everything. So I thought of all those thoughts. And, uh, and like I said, they may be cousins to this, but that's not what it means. So this ground, and I like going to the Greek or Hebrew, whichever it may be, and really getting the definition there. And so this word ground in the uh, Greek, I would pronounce something like kamai. Uh, uh, so what does it mean? It means a fissure in the soil. Now, I, didn't, I think I've seen people walking on glaciers and stuff, and there'll be a layer of snow, and they'll break through down this great big fissure, and they just fall down through that they can't get across. So this is the definition of this word translated in English in the ground is a fissure in the soil. It means also earthward. It means prostrate on the ground. This word, by the way, is only used two times, this Greek word. Now, ground is used several times. But coming from this particular Greek word, only used two times in the scriptures. And always, usually there's always a blessing when you see that. So this is different uh, from the other places you'll see ground and so forth. Uh, I won't go into some of that. But anyway, so, but this word comes from another Greek word. You know, we, in our English language, we have a word and we say, well, where did that come from? Well, it comes from this word. And we, we understand where it comes from. Sometimes it gives us a better understanding of the meaning. So this word, uh, Kamai comes from another word, which I would pronounce in the Greek as kosma. And it means gape, chasm, 
vacancy, golf, impassable. Now you can see how the, those words, uh, one would come from the other one. But not really anything great about this ground. So if we're thinking about walking on this earth and all of a sudden there's this great big fissure or gape or vacancy or uh, impassable. I can't, I can't get, I can't, I can't pass that way. That's what this word means. Impassable. That sounds so much like another word, impossible, that I was thinking about. Uh, uh, the Lord, you remember they, uh, the, the rich man and everything, the disciple says, you know, uh, about this rich man. And, and the Lord said, the rich man can't enter the kingdom of heaven. We understand not talking about dollars and cents, but going back there with that. And they said, uh, well, how's anybody going to make it then? And what did he say? Well, he said, before that, he said, it's easier for a rich man, or, see, how was it? No, it's, it's, oh, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of heaven. Now, I've heard it said, well, that didn't mean a real needle. It meant there was a place, a rock formation, and the camels had to really get down their knees to get through it, and they called it the eye of the needle. Well, see, that means you can make it by man, but it's hard. So I don't believe that at all. I, now, maybe their needles might not have been as fine-eyed as, as ours, but I believe what it says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. What he's saying is, it's impossible. And in fact, he said that. They said, then they asked the Lord, said, well, who can go then? And his answer was, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So here, this ground, impassable. Can't make it that way. But yet the Lord, but, and again, what he told uh, his disciples, it's impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. So this will be impossible with man, but yet we see it's possible with God. So the ground, there's nothing good or special about this ground that we can see that would call him to have his vision. Why spit? And I'll, actually, I'll use that as a title of our lesson this morning. Spit. I never thought that would be bring a sermon on spit. Now, when I was a kid, you know, younger, the boys sometimes have a habit uh, spitting. Who can spit the farthest? Some of them, I think, had a gap in their teeth, and boy, they could, they could really get it out there. But I never thought I'd be having a sermon on spit. But what a blessing it is as we see this, as the Lord reveals this to us. But why spit? Why, why spit? Was there some chemical makeup in the Lord's saliva that did this? We could search and look for that and, and probably maybe some, I've never heard anybody actually teach on this line, but maybe uh, some scientists will come up with something and say, well, yeah, that's it's because of that. What is so significant? Again, he didn't have to heal this way. 
He healed this way for his disciples and for you and I that we would learn and see and understand. So the ground, there's nothing special about, about that. In fact, it's kind of be impossible that way. It's impassable. Why spit? And thought about it for a long time. And, uh, but then when the Lord reveals it to you, it opens up this whole new room of thought and study. Why spit? Out of the mouth of the Lord. Out of the mouth of the Lord. Uh, our Lord himself says, Man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the key to understanding is. Not the the makeup of the, of the clay and the mud and the ground, not the chemical makeup of his saliva, but out of the mouth of the Lord. And actually didn't... Uh, so what comes out of the mouth of the Lord? Well, yeah, spit here, but what, what, do, we, what do we think of? And, and David read it I, uh, in, in the, the last verse there he read. Uh, well, I'll read the last two verses in the scripture lesson. For all flesh is like grass, and the glory of man is like a flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth away. That's the glory of man, no glory. But the word of the Lord, where does the word come from? Out of his mouth. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So the word, that's, that's a teaching for us, the word. So he received this, uh, the Lord chose this way for this man to be healed from his blindness. And we can see uh, his, uh, of course, his physical eyes were opened. But his spiritual eyes were open as well, and we can see growth. We can see his spiritual eyesight getting better, and, that, and that's important as well. Uh, so let's look in, the, in this uh, ninth chapter. In verse 10 and 11, we'll check his eyesight here. Therefore said they unto him, uh, How were thine eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man who is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. So here, what does he know about this guy? Well, he's a man called Jesus. Then in verse 17, they say unto the blind man again, what sayest thou of him since he opened thine eyes? He said, he, said, he is the prophet. So, man called Jesus, now, well, he's a prophet. And in verse 31, now this is a blind man speaking, who now has his sight. He doesn't, I don't think we have his name, so we're going to always be known as the blind man, even though he got his sight and vision was very good. Okay, um, now we know in verse 31, now we know that God here is not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. 
Since the age began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. So now this one, well, he's a man called Jesus. Well, he's a prophet. Now he's saying, he's preaching to him. This man is of God. So you can see the progression in his, uh, in his eyesight. And now uh, uh, verse 35, Jesus heard that they'd cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I, I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. So can you see the progression in his spiritual eyesight? Now a man called Jesus, now he knows he's of God and he's worshiping him. Worship comes from a word meaning worship. Uh, but anyway, I'll just toss that in. Uh, so now in uh, verse 7 of our text, And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. So again, the Lord didn't have to do it this way. It's all for our learning and our admonition. So here, he sent him to be washed. Well, the Lord felt that important to let us know that. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. So he, he, sent him, he sent him to a particular place to be washed. And back to the word asylum, so it means sent. So the Lord sent him to a particular place. And Ephesians chapter 5. So how does, how does the Lord wash our spiritual eyes? Well, we know he opens them with, out of the mouth of the Lord. But then is there more washing? Does it, does it progress? So Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy without blemish. I remember Brother Olson uh, taught a lesson one time. It was a, come from a Tide commercial. I think it was Tide. Uh, use this certain detergent. And you don't have ring around the collar anymore. Well, when the Lord washes, there's no more filth and no more ring around the collar. So he sent and washed with what? The water of the word. Where's the word come from? Out of the mouth of the Lord. Uh, John 15. I'm glad that that was in the, the Lord ordained that David read that scripture lesson uh, about the word. 
So John 15, and uh, so this was a parable of the vine and the branches and so forth. Uh, might read that this week if you have a chance, but just look in verse 3. Now ye are clean. How are they clean? Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Where did the word come from? How the mouth of the Lord. That's where the gospel, that's where it all comes from. Now, if he may use servants or someone as lowly as myself, but the words are from him. It's out of the mouth of the Lord. When we read the scriptures, it's out of the mouth of the Lord. So he says, you're, you know, you're clean in this uh, manner, out of the mouth of the Lord. You know, Saul of Tarsus, you know, he was sent. The Lord uh, blinded him. And he sent him to a certain place, and Ananias was there. His eyes was opened. Do you really think it was Ananias that had the power to open his eyes? No, that was from the Lord. The Lord opened his eyes. And it says immediately he was baptized. Well, there's a washing. We won't have time this morning, but baptism is the way the Lord brings his sheep into his church, into the, the house of the Lord where the word is taught and they're washed. And uh, we could talk about the parable of the foot washing. The Lord was washing their what? Their feet. Peter said, no, wash me all over. No, just need to wash your walk. With the word. So, as we look at this, this man that was born blind for a particular reason, and he was healed in a particular way for a particular reason, out of the mouth of the Lord, we have this complete healing. Again, Claire May, he could have done, you know, he could have done any, any way he wanted to. And there's probably thousands that he healed that certainly we don't have even written down. But this was written and recorded for us. Received his physical eyesight, yes, and spiritual eyesight. And again, didn't have to do it this way. Didn't have to use the ground. Didn't have to use the spit, which came out of his mouth. But that's what, the way he used it to teach you and I. Now, I'm going to look at another scripture and... Uh, uh, where a, a, uh, the Lord healed a blind man. And again, he could have done it anyway. But it happened this way for our learning and our admonition. So we're going to see in this one in particular that his vision progressed and got better. We saw that in, in, in this man, but we see it even clearer here that his vision got even better. We can, we can see that. And Rhonda, I don't know... I think yours is maybe a little bit of me. I can't remember if it kept getting better, your physical eyesight. But our spiritual eyesight, I hope you folks can see your vision is getting better. We may disagree about a particular scripture. And maybe a year from now, one of us may see it differently. And it's called growth. It's called him improving our eyesight. And we pray that it continues to improve. But in this, in, in Mark chapter 8, certainly we're going to see here a uh, progressive improvement. 
in his eyesight. Slightly different here, but Mark 8 and uh, 22. I don't think I'm going to be able to get in the third miracle. We'll try to look at this one. Uh, actually, it's 5 till. Yeah, let's read this. We'll see. We may take this up tonight. I'm not going to get through all three of them, and I'll have to rest to get through this. And so let's just read this uh, for you to, to study on this day and think on. Uh, Mark chapter 8 and starting in verse uh, 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida. And they bring a blind man unto him. And he besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. There's another lesson there. And when he had spit... There we go again. Out of the mouth of the Lord. When he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw anything. Now, he's going to heal his vision. But I said it's going to be progressive. So look what he, when he asked, the Lord knew what he saw, of course. So verse 24, at the Lord says, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Do you think the Lord is going to leave him in this condition, this type of healing, seeing this? I mean, I look at, and I, I, I want to go see the Redwood Forest sometime out there, the Giant Sequoias. Uh, but what he saw then was men walking like trees. Uh, So that was the vision that he saw at, at this point. He saw men mighty and great in size. He saw men as mighty and great in power. He saw men as really significant, really important. That's what he saw. I mean, if you see men as trees, <laughs> that's, that's something. But that's what he saw. Was the Lord going to leave him in his condition? No, there is progression here. And let's just read a little farther. Uh, and looking up and, and said, I see men like trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. I'm going to close with that. We'll take it up and get it tonight. But do you see man? Because that's he's talking about seeing man here. We don't want to leave that out. Uh, he saw every man clearly. Before, he didn't see man clearly, did he? I saw men walking as trees. Lord wasn't going to leave in this condition. His, his, his uh, vision is going to improve. And he did this, and he, he made him look up. Now what do you see? Oh, now I see man clearly. So I'll just leave you with this. Do you see man clearly? Do you see... Chuck, I think you and I have talked about some big, important man and... 
give us this brain and, and all this. Is that how you see man? Do you see man clearly? Lord willing, we'll take this up uh, tonight, if it be the Lord's will, and, and look at this, and then maybe go into one of the other miracles. But uh, So, out of the mouth of the Lord, the spittle, the blindness was healed. And it continued to progress, this vision, to get better and better. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.